that way uh, we could uh, dive right into the lesson and we're not online past our hour time uh, again I do I do appreciate each and every time you all take time out of your busy day to join us uh, to fellowship and it was what I was just sitting here waiting for someone to come on the line and I was listening to the music I'm gonna play the song just for a few seconds uh, to just have to we can kind of uh, get get into uh, worship God as we do the lesson. I'm going to play that song for a little bit. But I was just really, really sitting here thinking about the fact how good God is, you all. Just how good He is and all the things that He does for us in our life. So let's take a little second here and listen to this song. And we're going to get started. <laughs> Father God, we come touching and agreeing as a group this evening, Father God. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your peace, Father. We know well that you make it all possible. Without you, we wouldn't have breath of life in us. Without you, we wouldn't have woken up this morning. You touched us and we got up in our right mind. Our health may not be perfect, Father, but your word says with his stripes we are healed. And we're trusting and believing that, Father God. Thank you for each and every one that's online today, Father God. Thank you for each and every household, each family that's represented. And Father God, we ask bless those that's unable to join in on the line. Father God, may this lesson that we do today and open the I pray that it open the eyes of our heart, Father God, so we can see uh that who is with us is greater than those in the world. And in Jesus' name we pray. This this lesson you all this evening, uh it kind of sparked way back earlier in the week on Monday. We had uh, some little issues in this community. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of it. You know, I, I think I've spoken it to some people. But in anyway, uh, when I came out here in 1967, I, uh, I stayed with this family that was uh, in-laws. And uh, a few of the people, some of the younger people, I think the oldest girl at that time was eight years old. So I stayed with them almost a year while my ex-husband was in Vietnam. So I, I she recently, uh, it was discovered uh, on last Monday that she was dead. And she had been dead for over, uh, she died actually on July uh, July 5th and it really really affected me heavy duty and then it also affected me how we live in the kingdom of God we're in the chair church and we have blinders on we, we are not uh, listening to God 
but we're professing him. So the, my, the Bible tells me that it's like false, false prophets, the anger and hate that we carry down through the generations. And my understanding is uh, this is not gossip. This is the understanding that I got from her husband. He didn't tell anybody. He, now, her husband's a pastor. He didn't tell anybody because she didn't want anybody to know. But yet, they're Christian people. Anyway, we're going to go to this lesson, and I pray that each and every one of you get something out of this lesson because it is vital. It is a vital lesson for us to be able to run this life race. Uh, again, we're talking about the race now. When we're living in the kingdom of God, so, sometimes, you know, we're going down the road, we're driving, running, or whatever, and this in the natural, sometimes we come against some roadblocks. If you want to throw that spiritually in our life walk, we have roadblocks that come up sometimes, and we can't go no further. We have to stop like, and so, sometimes think about it this way. It's like a dead end. You can see the other side of the road, but you can't get over, over that, that big drop there. Uh, and so, you know, let's come on. Let's, let's be real. Now, sometimes we may say or we feel, I'm about to lose my mind up in here, up in here. I heard, I heard a preacher's wife say this years ago. She said, I'm about to lose my mind. I'm about to lose my mind up in here, up in here. Now imagine now when you're on this road and all of a sudden you have to stop because if you will go one more tiredly, you fall over the cliff and cliff and, you, and, and it put you over the edge. And that is, and sometimes when we go over the edge, we don't make it back. We just go ahead and drop, drop, drop dead you know now with the logical heart and a way of escape common sense says that we need to ask for help get Psalms 121 and verse 2 I'm going to read it but you know if, if you want to grab it really quick I'll give you a second to get it Psalms 121 and verse 2 said my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And that's what that song was just about. That, you know, our helps come from the Lord. We have to recognize that. Our help, how we get, if we're living in the kingdom of God and we want to get to the next point, when we need help, we need to ask God to help us. Now, Jesus says, whenever you stand praying, if this is a Mark 11, verse 25 and 26, Mark 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I'm going to read that again because, you know, we, we say it all the time, but the fruit says that 90% of us don't believe it because you can look at the fruit. There's no fruit on the tree. You're always going through the same old drama, the same old issues because Jesus said it. He said it now. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I, 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 I can't say anymore. This is what the Bible says. It's not virus. You all excuse me, please. 
<coughs> it's not Vera. This is Bible. Mark 11, 25 and 26. So, so don't be uh, crazy thinking that everything you, you're thinking everything is going to be all right and it's not going to be all right now what i'm going to do we're going to take this walk together might speed it up a little bit so you all get your pencil and paper if you want to drop it down or either in about two hours you can listen listen to the podcast again and i would love it if you all would share it with someone this is be your way of being a disciples i'm going to give you eight effects eight bitter effects if you're a Christian person how if you refuse to forgive otherwise I'm going to give you eight reasons what happens if you refuse to forgive number one forgiveness is a sin I'll say it again forgiveness is a sin forgiveness is a sin it will separate you from God he will not will not hear your prayers. Number two, the Holy Spirit will depart from you. Number three, unforgiveness will open doors for other evil evil spirits to attack you. Uh, very very when when you holding somebody else hostage, all they do is for you to you you open the window. For other things to happen to you. Now, number four, unforgiveness uh, will open doors for sickness to attack you. Unforgiveness will open doors for sickness to attack you. Unforget number five, uh, unforgiveness will invite the spirit, revenge, and murder into your heart. When you have unforgiveness, you open the door for revenge. You want revenge of what happened to you. That's the natural uh, effect that all of us go through. But what that does, unforgiveness will invite the spirits, invite the spirit of revenge and murder into your heart. The Bible tells you, God said, uh, uh, revenge is his. It doesn't, he's going to handle it. We don't handle it. God will handle it. Now, unforgiveness would hinder your progress and blessing. Just think about all of this. If what it does, you don't, you don't get, you, you're trying to proceed on in a job. You're trying to proceed in life. You're trying to proceed in a new business, but if a new business or whatever, you want God's blessing. But if he's not talking to you, he's ignoring you because you got all these little bit of stones of unforgiveness in the way. You, you can't proceed. Now, number seven said you will lie. You will live an unhappy life. Bottom line, you'll live an unhappy life. And number eight says, uh, if you die without repenting of the sin of unforgiveness, you may end up in hell. If you die without repenting of the sin of forgiveness, you may end up in hell. Now, so those are some of the effects when we don't forgive. And we say we're Christian. We're Christ-like. But I, I just wanted to get a grip on yourself. No, these things here are in the way of God hearing your prayers. Now, what Jesus says now, repent now of this sin and ask God to forgive you as you start a new life. This is what I want each and every one of us. I'm not going to call anybody. And all of us have to have to go through this. And sometimes we got unforgiveness. We need to stop and repent. Jesus said you either repent or die. That's what he said. We done gone through that lesson already. So what you have to do, if you think you got unforgiveness in your heart, you just stop realizing you're sinning 
Ask God to forgive you. And that way you can start a new life. Start over again. Uh, now you, you can replace forgiveness, unforgiveness with love and praying for those who hurt you. Once, once you ask God to forgive you, are you forgiving the person? You have a perfect peace in your heart. You totally have a perfect peace in your heart. And, and when the situation or the person comes up, it doesn't hurt anymore. Now, Jesus gave us a, an example of prayer. And, th and that's in Matthews and I think it's in Luke also. And w one of the, uh, this is, it's not the perfect prayer, but it's an example. A lot of us are new and some of us are old and we still, we don't uh, pray. We're not hearing what is prayer, but in the Lord's prayer, and that's something we should be teaching our children or teach the next generation because if Jesus gives us a step how to do it all together. And I'm going to read to the one part and then I'm going to jump to something else. In the Lord's prayer, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I could go on and on and on, but you could do that in your own time, own time. Jesus told us how to do it. You got stuff in the way? You, you, you got to ask, ask for forgiveness. It says right there. But then those of you all that's in, in a, a, a closer level of understanding uh, how to uh, get to God and pray, you, you can take a, a, a different level. What God does is now, when we got all this stuff anyway, when, when it starts to be revealed, when you're able to own up to it, own up to it and said, I got a bunch of rocks. I got a bunch of hate. I got a bunch of stuff between me and that person. So when you got it, you got to, when the first thing you do when you repent of it, Jesus says, when you repent, that means you drop it, get it out of your way. And you can only do that when the spirit of God resides in you. You can't do it in the natural. It will not work. But when you take time and you ask God to forgive you for, for the stuff that you're holding on to, and you know you shouldn't hold on to it, you're able to walk and live a better life. But when you're at a different level, you recognize it's a spirit. Sometimes it's, it's, it may be just a, a, a spirit of jealousy or envy. And what we have to do, take authority, speak it, take that spirit, you know, the spirit's in me, Lord, I cast it out, cast it back to the pit of hell, you have to take authority over that spirit, you just don't gonna let it lay there, you wouldn't have poop at your front door and you step over the poop every day, going into your house, no, you'll clean that poop up. And you clean it up, and the next time you see that dog rolling around your yard, you take a stick and you beat him up and make sure he don't come back. And even if it's your own animal, you learn how to spank that animal so it don't poop there anymore. Now, the, what happens when we're able to repent, get it all together, get those neg any any negative spirit that we may have, and as long as you are, when we speak. And we pray to God, let's be pacific. We don't pray and say, God, if you will, take out the jealousy and take out the envy. No, he gives us that power to do it ourselves. We have to recognize ourselves. He's not going to step over our will. He never will step over our will. we got to recognize what it is and either repent of it. And that's where we hinder right there. We don't want to repent. We just say, well, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'll just give it to God. And as I said before, he don't want that mess. He said, you don't have to have that. 
You don't have to have it. You can get rid of it. It's your choice. You can get rid of it. We have, we have a soul, and what goes on in our soul is, is, is up to, it's our choice. One, one of the things, uh, so we, we've asked the Holy Spirit to uh, forgive us of our sin, and uh, that way the Holy Spirit can come and live within us. Live, live within my body, ask him to come live with my body, live with my spirit and my soul. And then we thank God for repent, repent, get all that mess out of the way, wipe it clean. But I want to go a little bit, a little bit deeper in the word now. One thing I've noticed after I did all of my study, because I, I told you all the incident was heavy duty and heavy duty looking at the church, uh, looking at family, looking at friends that's all around and looking at where are we with God do we know who we are are we just stuck somewhere one thing in our culture that I've noticed that we have a chronic anger and what chronic anger would do is put you into a, uh, a status of fight or flight you want to fight it or you want to just jump up and run away for ignore it and what this does uh it results in number a number of changes in our heart rate, our blood pressure, and even our immune system. Uh, these changes then increase in the risk of depression, heart disease, and even diabetes, and, and uh, among you know a lot of other conditions. That's when we're holding on unforgiveness, you all. And anger, this stuff affects our body. Again, it affects our blood pressure, our immune system. Our heart rates, and uh, it also puts up in a state of I call it mental illness. Unforgiveness causes mental illness. Now, unaddressed or delayed negative emotions can cause long-term mental health problems. Depression is one of them. Depression is the most frequent encounter mental health issue especially in our culture the but the depression caused by unexpressed emotions can be more dangerous than any other form when we get upset or mad about something somebody done stepped on our toenail and that's your bad toe and you you angry you don't say nothing to them you just walk around uh pacifying your feelings now depression is 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 when it gets into your own head, your head and the thoughts. Is when you think think about yourself. Well, this happened to me. This happened to me. Instead of going to God and letting Him help you get rid of it, we we just get more and more pressed down in our, in our mind and in our heart. It's like taking a a, a, a jar and or in a box or anything, and you put you want to put dirt in it, and the dirt fills up, and you keep pressing it down to see how much you can get in there, and you know just that it kind of that's what depression does to us. It it causes us to have mental illness. A lot of times we go to therapists and all of that, and most of the therapists that I've ever seen to do do or uh, heard teach, first they're going to ask you is how you feel. What do you think about the situation? But it's so easy when we can go to God and, and God can tell you, repent, get rid. You already know what the issue is. Take the issue and ask God to help you forgive it. And then you go head on with it. Now, unforgiveness creates an emotional storm of distress in our feelings of stress, anxiety, depression, insecurity, uh, 
just fear, period. The unforgiveness also creates a hardened heart. I'm going to say that again. Unforgiveness creates a hardened heart. The hardened heart feels anger, resentment, bitterness, hatred towards the offender. We, we get that. That's natural, y'all. We get those feelings. And when we get those feelings, the only way to be able so God can help us, we got to get all that erase, get all that mess out of the way. Now, th think about this here. Th think about this in the natural. Just look at your hand. I can't see any of you. Just look at your hand. Ball your hand up as tight as you can. Tight as you can. I imagine I walk up to you and say, here's $100. Now, I don't, you, you can't... Uh, you can ball up both of them you want, but ball up one hand, and so I come for uh, come to give you a hundred dollars, but you can't use a hand that you don't have balled up. You can only use a hand that you balled up to get your hundred dollars from me. Now you you can't get anything from me if your hands balled up. The same thing with God. You can't get nothing for God with a balled up fist. When you got all that anger, resentment, bitterness towards somebody, all the hatred towards some somebody else, God can't give you nothing. Now, the the root of uh, unforgiveness is is really like uh, it's it's the root of bitterness. What it is, it's the root of bitter, bitterness. We've talked about this before. And if you're not understanding, get your good dictionary. And, and Google, what, what is bitterness? We know what bitterness is. when you don't like what somebody else has done. And it creates a root. Every time somebody does something, or they even it can be something simple, and you don't agree with it. And what that does is start start growing a, a little bit of uh, root of bitterness. Let, let me uh, let, let, let me say it this way. Think, of, think about what bitterness is like a form of fermentation you know when you, you take grapes and you put them in a barrel in a dark place and over the season it would uh, ferment my son-in-law loves he taught me how to make kabuchi I love kabuchi, kabuchi. and what they do is they take a piece of flesh a piece of flesh and they put it in tea and they allow it to ferment and when it ferments it come out good you know uh, it breaks down whatever it ferments and you have drinkable tea and which is good but now uh, kombucha can be good for you it's, it's form of a probiotic but I'm just trying to get this over to you exactly what unforgiveness would do. Now, unforgiveness is most frequently happens when someone emotionally steals something from us or doesn't allow us to reclaim it. Think about that a minute. What, it, what, we, what happens when we're not able to, able to get them back? We're not able to get them back. We think about it over and over and over. It starts to fester. And fester is a form of of, of deterioration, deterioration. Like when stuff that starts to decay, that's what festering is like. Now, uh, anytime you sit in a dark place with nothing moving, it becomes like stale, a putrid. You know what I'm saying? A rotten. 
Like if you see a, a pond or a lake somewhere that's uh, putrid or stale and it's not flowing, the fish can't even live in it. That's like what the Dead Sea is. You remember that? The Dead Sea, uh, as fresh water evaporates, the salty minerals and stuff that comes into the Dead Sea, even and even uh, fish can't live in it because the dead is dead water. Stale water. Sometimes people may have a pond in their yard and they don't have a flow system where the old water can go out and a new water can come and just sits. And after a while, a green scale can come on the top of the water. And then you wonder around, what's this foul smell around me? Unforgiveness creates a smell. You can be clean and had your bath looking good or whatever, but you still smell it. You see the bitterness and the hate that's on your face. Now, one thing about it, Romans 8 and 1, get that one. Jesus said, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's what he said to us. We're not condemned in anything. Now, get this, and we're going to run through this story real fast. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. See how fast I can go through it. Matthew 18, verses 30, uh, 21 through 35. Now, this is what Peter was asking Jesus. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, he said. Jesus answered, and I'll tell you not seven times, but 70, uh, seven times. But 77 times, listen to what I'm saying, the number seven, seven times, and seven times seven is 4,900 times. We're supposed to, don't matter what that person does to us, because Jesus is going to help us through this. When we got the Spirit of God living us, we're supposed to give them, a, even if in one day is 4,900 4, times, we're supposed to give forgive it. Are you able to do that? When you're able to do it, you have like a, a perfect peace. It doesn't bother you anymore. Whatever was done to you is gone. That's when you get to a level uh, in Christ where you're growing. Now, verse 23 said, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who uh, wanted to settle accounts with his servants. We all have heard this one. I'm going to go through it fast. That as, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. That's a lot of lot, you all, in our day and time. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children all be had to sold to repay the debt. They were going to go to jail until the debt was paid. And at the, verse 26, at the servants fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Before I go on, that's what repentance is, you all. You ask God to forgive you. We don't have to beg. We just say it. He forgives us easily as long as we know what we did wrong. Verse 28 said, but when the servant went out, th this is us. When he went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. The fellow servants that saw this saw uh, the fellow servant fell on his knee and begged him, Be patient with me. I will pay it back. 
dirty, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Verse 31, when the other servants, you know, the other folks, our cousins and all that were standing around, saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that he had that had happened. Then the master called in the servant. You wicked servant, he said. I cancel all your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Now 34 says, in anger his master handed him over to the jealous to be jealous to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is Jesus talking. Now, one of the questions that, that I've heard someone ask me one time, can I forgive a person without repenting? I'll say that again. Do you think you're able to forgive a person, able to... Uh, forgive, not forgive a person but just repent? Do you think you can do that? Now the believer only receives God's forgiveness through repentance and faith. The abuser is only forgiven when there is a genuine repentance. If we are echoing God's forgiveness, then by God's grace we are able to extend forgiveness whether repentance is present or not. We're able to do what God tells us to do. Uh, repentance is not forgiven. Forgiven is, is to uh, let it go. <coughs> the bottom line is let it go. Don't don't hold on to it anymore. Give it to God. Get Matthew's verses uh, sixteen and twenty, chapter sixteen, verse twenty six. Matthew sixteen, verse twenty six. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what should a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, do you rather just uh, hold on to junk, hold on to hate, bitterness, and all of that? It's not going to profit you any to hold on to it. But if you rather hold on to it, you're going to lose your soul. So you have to make up your mind. The lessons that we had lately, you all, is really like a, a time for us to sit down, read God's word, and check ourselves. Check ourselves. Because when we stand before God, it's going to be individual. We're not going to stand before God in a group. A, a group. It's going to be one person at a time. And I don't know how. I don't. I don't even want to even phantom that because I'm not God. It, it ain't none of my business how He does it. I just want to make sure Vera's all right. But I'm just going to teach what he said. Look at Luke 12 and 20. Th this is another story. You can go back to Luke, uh, up into Luke uh, 12 and, and see what is happening. This is a part of arrogance, how we, we've done sometimes. Uh, I, I like this little story, but I'm just going to give you the bottom line of it. Now, this was, this was a, a, a person that owned land, had a plenty of everything, didn't share with his neighbors or nothing, just had plenty of all. And, and he decided, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down the barn that I have a bigger, better, a bigger and better one so I can keep more of my stuff. Luke 12 and 20 said, but God said to him, you fool. 
this very night your soul is required of you and now who will who will own what you have prepared a, a, a lot of times you are what happens we we, uh, we get all of this stuff we don't share it we just become uh what is it arrogant we, we can't ask God to give us any wisdom or direction because we're too arrogant and and one uh, one of the latest I, I I call my latest crackheads because that's all they were crackheads heroin addicts and crackheads back when I was doing the uh, street ministry a lot and I had the halfway house and they didn't mind me saying that because that's what they were they knew who they were but they they one of them always said you know those you step on uh, going up to the top you're gonna have pass them as you come down. We, we step on a lot of people as we're going up. But when we fall, because pride is the beginning of failure. That's what the Bible tells us. We get pride for the first thing we're going to do is fall with pride. That's, that's the way of separating ourselves from God. That's what happened to Satan. Remember, Jesus said he was praying one day and saw him. Kicked that, God kicked him out of heaven because he was a prideful angel. He wanted to be like God. So God kicked him out. We have to make sure that when we are not not able to forgive anybody else because like I said, I like the toenail thing so because you know, it's easier for me to say that sometimes people do stuff to us. I have been in the church uh practically all my life and and in dealing with the ministry and doing a uh, call to do what God told me to do. I have learned now I wasn't this devoted uh while I was married but then after the marriage ended in 19 uh I think it was 1985 86 something like that when it ended I was able to my eyes were open and I was able to go back to what I was taught as a child and go back to get closer to God. Now, you know, you, you still have a little form of God in this, but then some some days, you know, your eyes just open, and you know where your help comes from. You need a little help. And so uh, one, one of the things that on our walk, you all, is that we worry about stuff. We, we get stuff in the worry. Worry separates us from God also. He, he can't hear our prayers when we worry. Look, uh, now, this is still part of... Uh, Luke, I think it's Luke. I don't know where it is. Let's see if I got it. Anyway, it, it starts out, Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. That's what Jesus said to you all. We, we don't need to worry about all that stuff. When we worry about it, we connive and and we walk over people when we sit and mutter all day long, but what I'm going to do tomorrow? I have a very good chance of sitting and worrying, but I'm not going to worry. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know God will do it. If I keep my mind focused on him, whatever I need, he will supply it. That's what his word said, and that's what I believe in my spirit. <coughs> Again, the word of God said, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Look look at the ravens. They do not sow or reap. Think about it, you all. Look, look around. You Look at them outside with the birds. They just fly along like happy as joy. Tweet, tweet, tweet all day long. They don't, they don't uh, worry. They do not sow anything or reap. They have no storeroom in their barn. Yet God feeds them. 
And that's what he'll do for us. We don't have to work so hard. Our job is to really go out and tell somebody else about Jesus. Because this in the New Testament is the new way how we get to God. We don't have to go to man and take a calf or a dove anymore. We can go directly to Jesus if we only believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Then when we believe that, we have the same spirit, the same right as Jesus does. Now, verse 25 says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? God had me throw this in here because a lot of us worry unnecessarily. And the worry separates. That's another sin that separates us from hearing what God is saying to us. It said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest About the rest of it? Why do you worry about it? If it don't add no, nothing to your life, why are you worrying about it? He said, look at, look at the wildflower, that verse 27. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Solomon was a man that had much, much wealth. But he, he's not as beautiful as, as what they say, wildflowers. I sit in my kitchen every day and I look out the window because I'm not able to get out there. And I, what I have, uh, I had gotten a small piece of a morning glory about uh, five years ago from a young lady I'd gone to her house and she gave me a little piece of morning glory. And now that Monaco glory uh, bush has grown a big bush and, and it's about four feet long and, and now it's growing up about five feet high. But, but every morning when I first look out there you don't see it. And as the sun comes up, beautiful purple flowers purple flowers and I just sit at the table just praising and thanking God that I, I'm able to be able to see those. I'm not worrying that I can't get outside. God's still going to supply and take care of whatever he wants me to have. Now verse 28 it says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today, tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you you of little faith, you know, if we trust God, he'll, he'll clothe us, feed us. You know, I like to say, I, I say this quite often. I've been young. Now that I'm old, I have never seen the righteous forsaken of the seed begging bread. And this is in the Bible. It's definitely in the Bible. When you think about it, a lot of us, we're, we're getting older now. You got to make up your mind. What what you gonna do? Are you gonna be able to pass the pass pass the uh, baton? Are you just gonna sit and worry and become wasteless, become stale? Because you got the bitterness and hate, envy, and all this stuff stuck in the way. Verse twenty nine said, "And do not set your heart on what you would eat or drink. Do not worry about it." For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. God knows exactly what we need, and he'll give it to us. Verse 31, but seek the kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. You must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at any hour when you do not even expect it. I don't think my niece expected to die, but she had the root of bitterness stuck in her hand. She, and it showed all through the community. And I would boldly say that. 
It's all to the community when all the things we can look at, oh, that person with a smooched up mouth and you know what happened. But you sit and you profess God and, and you, you think just because you have un, you have unforgiveness and you worry, you're still able to get into favor with God. Uh, this whole lesson you all have said, if you got blinders, remove them. One thing that separates us from God is unforgiveness. That's a little word. To me, it's a little word. But a lot of us don't believe it or understand it. We have to be ready when Jesus comes. We don't know when our season's going to end. Amen? I'm going to play this a second, and then we're going to end it. And we're going to do an open... We're going to do an open mic for about 10 minutes. Hold on one second. I just want to play this word again. Amen. 